I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. You're listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast, episode 52. You are listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with Dr. Abby Metcalf. Change your relationship even if your partner won't do a thing. Hello, my lovelies. It's Abby. You're listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast. This is episode 52. This is one full season, one full year. And I'm sitting here kind of blown away that it's been a year since I started the podcast and so much has happened uh, in that year. I've had so many of you write in and ask questions and be engaged and I, I can't thank you enough. So the whole reason I do this is for all of you listening. And uh, I'll, I've said it once, I'll say it again. The reason I do this is because I feel like everyone should have access to awesome helpful, effective relationship information, regardless of their ability to pay. It is why there is no sponsorship on this podcast. It is why I make sure that everything that I put out, I would pay money for. That's my filter, just so you all know. Every single podcast, I think, would I pay money for that? Would would I pay for that? Do I think it's that valuable? And my answer is always yes. I hope it's your answer too. If you're listening, I'm assuming it is. Uh, So thank you for being part of this because just uh, talking to myself isn't as wonderful as you might imagine. (laughs) So let's jump into today's uh, episode, which is, if you want your partner to change, do this. Yeah. So a lot of you tuned in because I see you out there. You want your partner to change. Um, And I have to tell you, so one of my favorite things that one of my friends says, uh, a colleague of mine, Tess Brigham, who, um, by the way, is amazing. If you um, haven't checked her out, she's a 
like a millennial strategist. She she's amazing um, with that age group. But anyway, and she says, if you don't want to live on a farm in Idaho, don't marry an Idaho farmer, right? I guess like that's something her dad used to say to her, or mom, or somebody used to say to her, and, and she repeats that occasionally. And I think it's so smart, it's so right, and that's really on some level what today's podcast is about. But so we're going to talk about accepting your partner for who they are, not who you want them to be and how to do that. The critical, critical difference between loving your partner and accepting your partner. Yeah, two different things. And one matters more than the other. And uh, spoiler alert, it's the acceptance part, not the love part. And the third thing, of course, I'm always about operationalizing, you know, being able to utilize take action on what I teach. So I'm going to give you the five healthy things you can do when you want to change a partner. Okay. So here we go. Now, how many of you listening to this right now are trying to change things in your partner that were there from the beginning? That's my, my first question, how I'm going to start. Cause you know, like maybe she was late to your first date or the first few, but now it drives you bonkers that she's late to everything. Uh, maybe you're with someone who has never shared his feelings, but now 10 years in, you find yourself complaining. You know, he never tells me anything. I can't read his mind. Um, I find that people tend to look at or get bothered by the, these things, you know, with their partner that they want to change, but that they've really been there since the beginning in some shape, manner, way, or form. People are who they are right at the beginning of any relationship. I, I don't necessarily mean those first few dates when, you know, everybody's on their best behavior. Um, and if they can't even do that, by the way, and the first few dates suck, you should be running very fast the other way. And if you didn't, you know, come on now. Uh, but they do show you who they truly are within the, I'd say the first month of dating. You know, um, it's funny when I do job interviews for some of the companies I work for, sometimes I'm interviewing people. And one of the things, uh, you know, to see if they're good for a position. And one of the things I like to do is interview people for a long time, because I'll tell you what happens if you bring people back over and over is they start to get comfortable or, you know, they start to get tired or whatever it might be, and you start to see who they really are. And so sometimes, you know, I'll be interviewing someone who maybe the rest of the team was like, oh, they're great. We we think this is the person. And, you know, then I do my my hour, two hour long interview, whatever I'm doing. And, uh, and, you know, into it, they start telling me like that they're having troubles in the relationship or how much their mortgage is, or, you know, how they, I had somebody, this wasn't that long ago, sadly, who said that they, uh, had, you know, slept with a subordinate on the job. I mean, really crazy things people will start talking about. And it really lets you know that, you know, hey, bad boundaries, this isn't the right person for us. So again, people generally show who they are before too long. So basically, if you're dating someone who says, hey, I'm not looking for anything serious, newsflash, they're not. You're not going to be the person to change them. They're not going to suddenly fall in love and decide, oh, I didn't think I wanted a relationship, but now I do. And I tell people mainly because if let me say let me say this really nicely. If you keep dating someone who has said, I'm not looking for anything serious, they've now learned that you'll date them without a commitment. So they're thinking, yippee. <laughs> 
I, I was clear. I said, I don't want a commitment. Person keeps dating me. So now they've made it clear that that's okay. And that's the message you're sending. Not, oh, I'm so great. They're going to end up falling in love with me. Uh, I, you know, I'm not saying that has never happened in the history of relationships. Obviously, you know, that would be crazy odds, but it's crazy odds to think it's going to happen for you. Um, and so again, what people say in the beginning, how they show up, who they even say they are or how they show up in their behaviors is who they are. Now, some of you come to me and you'll say things like, well, he he wasn't like this in the beginning or, or she's changed since kids or something like that. But I'll tell you, once I dig a little, we all find out that the signs were there from the beginning, but you were looking for the potential of who they could be or um, just focusing on what you wanted to see and ignoring the rest. So when you start to dig, pe- for example, people don't suddenly have a drug or alcohol problem. That, that's not how it works. Um, there, and le- I will say, barring maybe a, a really severe accident or something, um, you know, really unforeseen, and maybe they get put on painkillers and their life changes somewhat. Um, Although even then, if people uh, can become physically addicted and not become psychologically addicted to like opiates or something. So, but that's a, that's another broadcast, I think. Um, But what I found is when I dig a little, that there were signs, you know, that this person uh, was conflict avoidant, that they, maybe there was a they used to isolate all the time that there the things that we people drink over uh, or the sorry the reasons people drink or, and the behaviors they elicit when they do were the same before anyway they just sort of added the alcohol um which probably exacerbated it made it worse whatever but if you dig you'll see oh yeah they kind of this or that uh it 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 really does i've been doing this a long time people it it's really how it is so Unless you're dating like a certified sociopath, grifter, long con, <laughs> horrible person, the sci- there was something there in the beginning that you either just didn't see and you have to sort of accept that you didn't see it because you were, you know, looking somewhere else or again, or ignored it in some way. So does this mean that you and your partner can't work towards something different? Does what I'm saying, like, oh, that nobody can change? Of course not. So there are lots of things I wish were different with my own partner, my siblings, my mother, some of my friends. And I will continue to work on these relationships. However, I'll work on them from a place of unconditional acceptance. And this is the key. So I will tell you that, that the key to any happy relationship isn't unconditional love it's unconditional acceptance. Really? Now, I'm going to give you a little story of uh, this mom and son I worked with. This is a while ago now, but it, it's kind of perfect, maybe like a year and a half ago. But And we're going to call them Deborah and Daniel, mother and son. So Daniel, son came out as gay at, at around age 14, right before he, like 14 and a half. And Deb was not down with this. Deb was a super loving and hardworking single mom. She was uh, just amazing. She was a physician and um, really was doing the best by her kids. The dad wasn't really, um, he was kind of around, but 
really not in a steady way. And he was kind of nutty. And so she was kind of that rock, the love, you know, the place, you know, where everything was okay. And, but she and her son were having these major issues around his coming out. He was definitely starting to act out. He was, you know, dabbling with pot and some other things. And he was acting out with her, you know, like talking back and things that hadn't been there before. And she was understandably freaking out, which is why she originally contacted me. And I'd met with the two of them and Daniel told her that he felt like she hated him and didn't love him. And he felt like she favored his older sister who was straight. And this is how a lot of the conversations went. And so, and Deb would say, of course, I love you. What are you talking about? This has nothing to do with how much I love you. It has to do with me thinking you're going down a wrong road and it's my job as your mother to protect you. And when she finally had said that, I intervened and I said, you know, I get it. If Daniel was doing drugs and you wanted to intervene, I would totally understand. If Daniel was having unprotected sex or dating much older men, and you know, you wanted to intervene, I would totally understand. But this would be, these things would be protecting him and unhealthy or poor decisions he was making. But this is something else. Identifying as gay is who he's saying he is as a person. It's not a, it's not a behavior he's choosing. So, and, and Deb, you know, here's this really smart physician. We live here in Northern California where it's pretty liberal. Uh, <laughs> she's not from here. She's uh, initially from the Midwest. But um, she said, of course, this is a choice. He, how does he even know he's gay? He's a kid. He, he hasn't even tried to date girls. Shouldn't he do that before he decides? You know, he's not even 15. How does he know this? And he should at least date girls to see if he even likes them. And I, <laughs> so I said to him, well, does that mean that your daughter should be dating girls right now? Because otherwise she wouldn't know she was straight, right? If, if this is the logic, then that means any kid you have who's straight should also date uh, as if they were gay, because that's the only way you know, right? That you're straight. And I have to say, she this did pull her up short. The, this She just stopped and kind of stared at me for a minute. And I said, you know, you have to listen to your language that you're assuming straight is okay and gay is not. Otherwise, you'd be testing them, quote unquote, both ways. So why is it that you accept that your daughter's straight, but you won't accept that Daniel's gay? And you're telling you, you're telling Daniel that you don't accept who he is as a person. He's not choosing to be gay. He's gay. Like this is, or, you know, even if he decides he's bi later, or even if he decide if he, uh, and when I say decide, I mean, you know, it, his world opens up and in some way, I don't know, and something else becomes uh, open to him or later on that he does, uh, want to be in relationships with women. I don't know. You know, whatever it might or might not be later, it's still to me of him, not like a choice he he decides to make to be away. Um, and so as you're listening to this, I want you to think about how many things you've determined are facts or are true that your partner might disagree with. Think about it. Now, these could be little things, tiny things, or they could be big things. So uh, like that one, people choose to be gay. You, you might th think that people choose to be gay and your partner might disagree or vice versa. 
Being a stay-at-home parent is easier and less stressful than working a corporate job, answering to a boy to a boss, and commuting every day. I've had lots of couples in my room who <laughs> in my office who would one partner would believe that and the other would not. Daycare is bad for kids. Again, I've had lots of couples in my office where one thought one way and one thought the other way. Pornography is the same as cheating. I can't tell you how many folks I've had in here arguing about this point. Uh, the correct position for the toilet seat is down. You're, you're probably having that argument in your house right now. The, <laughs> the correct position for forks in the dishwasher is tines up or tines down. I don't know. <laughs> you know, we have a lot of things that we disagree with with our partners, but that we think is so clearly true and a fact and what, what it is, is that when we don't accept our partners and continually try to change them, we both become resentful, distant, disconnected. Think about that. When, when your partner doesn't feel heard, that's how they're feeling. And when you're feeling like they don't get you, that's how you're feeling. So we both end up feeling that way. And how can you truly feel that someone loves you if you feel that at a very basic level, they don't like or accept who you are? And that's really what was happening with the case of Daniel and Deb. She she loved him unconditionally. That It was clear and obvious. Yet, because she wasn't accepting him unconditionally, he couldn't feel that love. He actually thought that she didn't love him as much as a sister or, you know, that she didn't love him at all, really, or very little. Um, that's how big that is. And your partner is going through the same thing a lot. You think, well, I love you, I love you, I love you. But when you're not accepting them for who they are, then they're not feeling that love. And really, it's the acceptance that they need. Now, again, this doesn't mean you can't work on changing things that you don't like. But that first step is acceptance. And I know for some of you right now, you're like, what, Abby, you have lost your brain. Uh, but I'm going to, you know, stay with the podcast. I'm, I'm going to explain all this more, but I really want you to hear that. So now you all know, if you've listened to me for the last 52 uh, weeks this last year, you know I love me some Dr. John Gottman. <laughs> I love him. And if, you ha if you've been under a rock and this is your first uh, podcast with me, in case you've never heard me talk about him before, it, he and his wife are, an, are amazing marriage researchers in New York City. And they have lots of books and blah, blah, blah. But in his, he has a book called The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. And in that, he says, I'm going to quote it directly, People can change only if they feel that they are basically liked and accepted the way they are. When people feel criticized, disliked, and unappreciated, they're unable to change. Instead, they feel under siege and dig in to protect themselves. I couldn't have said it better, Dr. Gottman. Uh, <laughs> that's why I'm talking about this. That's why this isn't antithetical. This isn't, you know, the, the opposite of what you think is happening, that accepting them means nothing will ever change. This is the opposite. Accepting your partner is exactly when they'll be open to change. And so if you want your partner to change, you have to start by accepting them for who they are. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it again. If you want your partner to change, start ex by accepting them for who they are. Now, okay, I know. I, I want you to take a moment and really think about what you want to change in your partner. So is it for you or is it for them? Is it to make their life better or is it to make your life easier? 
I, I want you to really think about that. So trying to change someone else in, is sometimes a selfish act. You're trying to change them in order to fulfill your own needs, to make your own life more comfortable or better. And how do you feel when someone tries to change you? Really, what, what feelings does it elicit? You know, think about the last time someone tried to change something you were doing or saying, how did you feel? I'm betting it was angry, defensive, frustrated, misunderstood, not heard, one of those. This is how your partner feels when you're trying to change them. Again, when you don't accept them first. So you and your partner can both change, but there are healthy, effective approaches and ones that disconnect and undermine your relationship are not what we want to do, <laughs> right? So we want things that connect and support and create the love. So today I'm going to teach you five strategies to create lasting change in your relationship and how you feel about your partner. Yes. So let's get into those right now. Number one of my five strategies to create lasting change in your relationship and how you feel about your partner. <laughs> so in other words, how to create change is to change your mind. Uh-huh. So now, okay, what I mean by change your mind is to change how you're thinking. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. About what your partner's doing or not doing. Okay, so how you're thinking about it. So first of all, you can make a decision, really, that this thing doesn't need to bother you anymore and that it's just not that important. I, you know, I always say pick your battles. If you're constantly nagging or complaining to your partner, your words cease to have effect or meaning. I, I, I'll tell you, for example, I never yell at my kids. I just don't. I don't yell. I, I don't yell at anybody. But, and I, but I rarely even get really angry with them. But when I do, I have their complete focus and attention. They are like eyes on me. And it's something different. And they realize that they really need to listen up. I do. I make it a point not to nag them constantly and be on them. And, oh, you got to clean your room. Got to do this. Got to do that. I really make it a point to ask for one thing, to get their attention first, you know, to really zero in. Um to, to have them repeat it back to me, that kind of thing, to really get that like understanding and time right there. Even though, trust me, there's 20 things I have on my list that I want them to do, <laughs> but it doesn't work when I do that. So I stopped doing it. And I've really found that there's some things that just aren't as important and I have to let them go. 
it it's there's just a place where if everything is super important if if everything is cancer and there's nothing that's just a hangnail you your life it just becomes too much for everyone including you so i'd like you to think i heard share i know i love share on uh like the graham norton show i was watching some snippet from it um, a few weeks ago. And she has been living by this sort of thing that her mother told her, which is if it doesn't matter in five years, it doesn't matter kind of thing. And to really, you know, I think that's hard to apply all the time if, you know, you need the dishes cleaned. <laughs> so yeah, of course the dishes don't really matter in five years, but they can matter now, but it's just how much do they matter? How clean do they have to be? How perfect does it have to be? I, I'd like you to think that through, uh, and, and just get, get more specific about it. So you can also make a decision that this thing your partner is doing or saying doesn't mean what you thought. That's another way to change your mind. If your partner leaves his dirty socks on the floor, it doesn't mean he thinks you're the maid or that he doesn't appreciate you. You're assigning that meeting. I, I, I would bet it's the farthest thing from his mind when he's doing it. Instead, it could just be that he's doing it completely, you know, he's unaware and maybe you'll decide to pick up the socks yourself because you love him and you feel fine being of service in this way, right? Or maybe you'll train the dog to pick up the socks and put them in the hamper. There's other options, but it's the meaning we assign to so many things that happen uh, that gets us upset. That's what gets us enraged, angry, frustrated. So to effectively change your mind, it's helpful to focus on yourself when you're upset with your partner. That's what I want you to do. And you can do that by asking yourself some questions. And these are the questions I ask myself and I tell my clients to ask and they're, they're pretty good. So one is, what's triggering me here? When I notice that I am super, super angry, uh, I just put this out in a newsletter recently because I was, I noticed I was sort of mad at everyone. <laughs> everybody in my life. And again, I'm not someone who, who gets angry very often. So again, thank gosh, because of my self-awareness work and my meditation, that kind of stuff, my mindfulness, I noticed it before I did too much damage around it. And I thought, wow, what is triggering me here? What's going on? Because I'm the common denominator here. I'm the one who's mad at everybody. So I need to look at that. Uh, I also sometimes ask myself when I'm angry about something or, or frustrated or something's really hitting me wrong, what is this reminding me of? And generally that's when you're using the words always or never. If you say to your partner, you never do this, you always do that, whatever that is, it, it's not never and it's not always. Of course it's not. It, nothing is. There's, there are times when they do do it correct, you know, the way you want, or, and there's times when they stop doing this thing you don't like. There, there are times. But when I feel like it's always or never, it usually stretches back past my partner and to something even older. And maybe I'm remembering feeling taken advantage of in a previous relationship or at it, in my family of origin growing up or something. You know, it's, it's generally reminding me of something else. It's not what's happening in the moment. It's reminding me of something else. And so that's a really good time to stop and think, okay, I need to take what's happening right this minute, not the entire history of something, because that's not, that's not really fair. And then another thing I ask are, what thoughts am I having about this? So what do you think your partner's behavior means? That's kind of what I just said with the socks, right? Um, 
it, it, what do you think it means when they're saying that, that, you know, left his socks out so he thinks I'm a maid or, you know, she's reminding me again about attending the parent-teacher conference because she doesn't trust me and she's a controlling bitch. Um, <laughs> that, that, whoa, whoa, these are thoughts. They're not facts. It's where we go with it, why we think it's happening and the meaning we assign that gets us into trouble. So what's triggering me here? What does this remind me of? What thoughts am I having about this? What beliefs do I have about this? Those are all good things to ask to help change your mind. Okay. Number two, this is our second strategy to create lasting change in a relationship and how you feel about your partner. Seek to understand. So if your partner's going to change, it needs to be their idea on some level. I know I hate to break this to you. If it's going to stick, and you know this is true, you know what I'm saying is true because you've gotten your partner to change before, but it's but the reason that's still a problem is because it's gone back because they didn't really buy in. They didn't really see the value. They don't really understand why. So they'll do it once or twice. Our kids do this all the time too. The, someone will do that change once or twice, but they won't stick to it. They have to understand. And you need to understand first. So explaining it over and over or raising your voice or whatever isn't going to get you there. So... I need you to get really curious and start asking questions that will, you know, elicit a good conversation so you can understand your partner's view on things. Your job is to understand them. It's not their job to understand you. That's, that's where we're going here. It's always about the responsibility you have, not what they have. I know. I, I wish it was different. I wish we could control them. I still try to control everybody around me. I get it. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> People, I think I mentioned this in the very first podcast a year ago. I'm sure folks are like, isn't she getting through this controlling issue? Uh, No, I'm not, okay? (laughs) I'm working on it. I'm much better than I used to be, but it's something I have to consistently pay attention to. So remember, it's not there, it's not about them, it's about you. So you understanding and really getting to why they think that it's okay to leave their socks on the floor or why they don't show up on time or what, you know, what is it? Dig down, drill deep. Remember, it's not their side of things either. You're not listening to their side and you're going to say your side. Remember how much I hate this, all the competition. There are no sides, people. There are no sides. It's just a way they view something and finding out what it's really about is your goal. That's it. You, if you got to get let go of the agenda, if you're curious, you don't have the agenda that, oh, they're wrong. I'm going to listen to the story to hear where they're wrong. And then I'm going to throw it back at them. That is not going to get you anywhere. So now I've done a couple of great podcasts on this. Um, and I'll link to them here in the show notes. So, and I have blog posts that go along with them if you'd rather. So you can go to my, uh, You can go to the website also and just do like a search of the titles and they'll pop up. But basically I have um, an episode uh, or a blog post, sorry, called Bad Questions Are Ruining Your Relationship. And again, I'll link to that in the show notes. And then episode five of the podcast, way back when was how to effectively deal with conflict in your relationship. And I go all into all the questions here in this one. So I'll link to both those in the show notes. You can come back to them. But uh, really important that you think about how to ask better questions and how to really seek to understand instead of, you know, the old to be understood. Okay. Number three, change the situation. 
That's another effective strategy when you want to change your partner. Focus on changing the situation instead of your partner. For example, if your partner is always late and it drives you crazy, change the situation. Take two cars so you're where you want to be on time. I had, this was a couple I had years ago, so long ago, a lovely Brazilian couple. Um, And uh, she was always very late and he wasn't. And they were living here and, you know, were sharing a car for a long time. So that was part of the problem because they were not living here permanently. And I said to them, I don't care. You need to get another car while you're here. And this was so long ago. This was before kind of Uber and all all that was so easy. Um, but that's what they did. They got another car. And I have to tell you, took a, took away about 50% of their arguments. Just, you know, he liked to be places on time. He wanted to leave at a certain time. Um, they did have an instance where she missed a flight <laughs> and he got on a flight with their kids. <laughs> but you know what? It was okay. And she she hung out in the airport and she uh, took a next flight. And, you know, he was with the kids. He was off. They got to their place. And, you know, and the key was he was doing that without a lot of anger, without, you know, I told you so, see, you're always late. I would have missed the flight. You know, none of that. None of that crap because they've been doing it a while by then. He felt bad, actually. He was like, felt terrible that she'd missed. And of course, they had to pay extra money for her to get on the flight. It was a whole thing. But it is what it is. And sometimes this is how it works. But he didn't want to be late. And it was making, and he no longer felt crazy. And he liked, the kids actually used to get stressed too. They didn't like being late either. So, you know, instead of four, three stressed people and one not stressed person, the person who was late, instead I had, you know, four unstressed people. Because she still wasn't stressed about being late or not late. It's, it wasn't her worry that obviously that's why she was late. So uh, the whole, you know, if you're waiting for your partner to get home and take care of the kids so you can get to an appointment of some sort, hire a babysitter instead. Don't look at, don't think of it as your partner having to get home at a certain time and getting so frustrated with them. Just hire someone to be there. I don't care if they're there, if you have to pay them for an hour and they were only there 20 minutes. So what? Again, for peace of mind, who cares? Uh, That partner leaving their dirty socks on the floor, you know, that we discussed earlier, hire a cleaning person to pick up the socks, make one of your kids do it, buy him some awesome new sandals he'll want to wear every day, I pray without the socks, Um, (laughs) or uh, I don't know, buy 27 hampers and leave them at every possible juncture around your bedroom. I Whatever, there are ways to change the situation, but what happens is we get very stuck in being right being, and I always say, do you want to be correct or effective? And this is one of those. So you could be correct all day long, these facts, these truths you have that no one should leave their socks on the floor and that people should be on time, uh, whatever it is, but that's not getting you where you want to go. That's not, and where you want to go to me is an easy, calm, harmonious, balanced, loving, compassionate, connected relationship. If you want any of those things, you got to get over yourself and hire the friggin' babysitter for the 20 minutes who, you know, who for the hour, who's going to stay 20 minutes. It's, there's just a place to let these things go. They are taking up too much of your time. And it's because of that subtle competition and uh, you're having with your partner that they should be pulling their weight. They should be doing X, Y, and Z. You got to get rid of it. Got to get rid of it where you can. Okay, so changing the situation. Number four, assume you're wrong. I know I hate this one. 
<laughs> First time my, my therapist ever said to me, I was like, you bitch. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> so here you go. What if you assumed that you're the cause of the conflict instead of your partner? I know. What the F, Abby? What? Well, most issues with partners are circular. They're, they're total chicken and egg situations. Uh, here, here you go. Ready? You. I'm reminding you because you always forget your partner. Your constant nagging makes me shut you out and I can't hear anything you're saying. I do it if you stop nagging me about it. I know. Have you had? I know. I'm not in your home. I am not listening in. I do not have listening devices. <laughs> but isn't that an argument you've had over and over with your partner in some way? Might not be the nagging and whatever, but something else. There's a circularity to it. There's a way that everyone says it's the other person. No one sees their own behavior as the reason there's a conflict. And it's time to get some perspective and empathy. You know, really try to put yourself in your partner's shoes. What does it feel like to them? And as a lot of you know, I call this relationship gridlock. It's, I think you have, uh, what happens is you think you have to move your car before your partner move, can move their car or vice versa. <laughs> so basically you're in your car and you're going, Hey, my partner has to, we're, we're in gridlock under this traffic light. My partner, I can't move my car. You got to move yours. You're looking at your partner going, you got to move your car or we can't get out of this gridlock. And your partner's in their car going, no, no, no. You're the one who has to move. Otherwise we can't get out of this gridlock. And everyone just stays stuck. And really what I want you to do is back your frigging car up, go around another way. So it might take you longer. It might be a different path than you wanted to take. Oh, well, put on your big boy pants, your big girl pants, you know, like, I don't know what to say. This is sometimes what has to happen to get things unstuck. Uh, there's a book I uh, read called Marriage Rules by Dr. Harriet Lerner. And she says, I'm going to quote her, if you don't change your part in a stuck pattern, no change will occur. Change comes from the bottom up. That is from the person who is in the most pain or who has the least power or who has lost or compromised the most in the relationship or feels that they have. So I, I don't agree with 100% of things she says, I have to say, but I, I, love, but I love this one um, because it's true. If you're the one in pain and your partner's not, like I mentioned the, the couple with the wife was always late, she wasn't in pain about being late. I just want to be clear. She thought he was ridiculous and anal about, about time. So she wasn't in pain. He was. So to try to keep getting her to change something that to her was not painful at all other than him nagging her about it, and she saw that as a him problem, not a her problem. Do you see what I mean? It, it, it doesn't work that way. It works because he was the one in pain for him to change some things on his end around it. Okay. So I want you to be the first one to move your car. <laughs> Again, you might need to back up, go around the block, or you can't go straight through the intersection. But isn't the real goal to get to your destination? Even if it's another way that you didn't think, right? That connected, happy relationship is your destination. So how you get there shouldn't be the biggest priority as far as I'm concerned. It's the, it's the destination itself. It's the goal itself. Okay. Number five, my final one, my final strategy. Compliment or appreciate your partner for their differences. So I want you to start to see your partner's differences in a positive light. Those things that attracted us to our partners in the beginning, uh, you know, oh, he's so nice and calm or wow, she's so energetic. 
those are the very things that tend to get under our skin when the you know complexities of a long-term relationship takes over. How can he be so calm right now? <laughs> can't can't she ever sit still? You know, the we 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 turn those things around into a negative. So what it you know that daily grind when it comes to that daily grind of you know, we pay our bills, we make you know, purchases, we buy cars and things or homes or just our general decision-making, uh, thoughts about our children, coordinating schedules, all those things that were so cute or endearing in the beginning can drive us crazy a few months or years in. Because when you apply the, when you're just the two of you and you don't have a lot of responsibilities yet, it's, you know, those opposites attract thing is fine. But once you start to really get into life and get more, more things going on, that's when those differences become more pronounced and start to be really annoying. So start really identifying positives about your partner's different approach, like how, you know, in the differences. So um, it might be, okay, I, I know he seems to take forever to make a decision, but he really does balance me and my sometimes, you know, too quick decision-making process. So he slows me down a bit. I help move forward. So I'm really grateful for that. That's good. I don't want you to love your partner despite their differences. I want you to love them because of those differences. I want you to look to embrace, not tolerate. Don't tolerate what's different. Embrace what's different. See it as a positive. See it as diversity in your relationship. So in the end, you can accept the person and not their behavior. That's what I'm talking about, the, the unconditional acceptance. But decide what behavior really matters. Leaving the toilet seat up, not doing a good enough job on cleanup duty. Are these the hills you want your relationship to die on? I ask you, really? So, okay. So the next time you think you want to change your partner. I want you to come back to these top five strategies so you can create lasting change in your relationship and, and really shift how you feel about your partner so that you're unconditionally loving and unconditionally accepting. So I'm going to have a free cheat sheet with these for these five strategies. And you can come over to the website, abbymedcalf.com forward slash podcast. This is episode 52. And you can download these top five strategies and you can hang them on your fridge, come back to them often. So you can create that happy, connected relationship. Again, even if your partner won't do a thing. That's it. Thank you for a wonderful year together, my friends. This season is at a close, um, but we will be back with uh, next week's podcast, season two and episode 53. I'm super excited about it. And uh, everyone have a great week. I'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast at www.abbymedcalf.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.